Floodcast. Floodcast. Get in the arena. You ready to do this? Let's get it on. I want to thank and welcome everyone to a brand new episode of Flawedcast. As always, I'm here with my co-host whose forehead is like Flint, Jason. Thank you, Billy. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, seriously, save your applause. Thank you. <laughs> so, we'll, uh, yeah, Will, Willie, Will, good to be here with you, brother. Yeah, as always, as we do. And we've been growing, man. Like, literally... I just checked our. Well, I know, man. This stay-at-home order. I've gained at least twenty pounds. The COVID nineteen. I've gained the. the I've gained the COVID nineteen plus its children. Yeah, well, I'm I'm fighting the battle of the bulge myself, but um, I've been trying to exercise everything every day. Oh, that's not what you meant by growing. That's not what I meant. By, oh, my bad. Uh, hey, you know, different interpretations, but like, really, it's not like big numbers. Like most people be like, what? But like, we've really been steadily growing on the different platforms. We finally uh, on Instagram. I know once again, it's not a big deal. We now have over 100 followers on Instagram. Well, I didn't and want to tell you this, Bill, but I actually, I've created a whole bunch of accounts <laughs> that are fictitious, and I started liking us to make us be the best. Because that's what that does, yes. Yeah. <laughs> right? So, um, I, I don't want you to get upset about it, but I knew you'd find out eventually, so I just want to let you know that these are uh, mail-in votes, brother. You know, it's not who votes, it's who counts them. Well, I do both right on my side. I, I set those accounts up. I'm part of Flawedcast, so I set these accounts up under fake aliases and stuff and then i just keep liking vlogcast so people think we have a following and there's nothing wrong with that is there and folks thus the dynamic of our relationship <laughs> i don't know I'm, I'm very humbled just even this week alone we got three new subscribers on youtube we got 30 new followers on twitter I don't know. I just thank you guys for even a couple new on Facebook, although we're continually blocked on Facebook and Twitter. The thought police are, are hot on our trail, but that's okay. We're going to we're gonna make them pursue. But nonetheless, thank you. Absolutely. Please make sure you follow us, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Parlor, Gab. There. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube. Ring that bell. We appreciate it. Or subscribe to us anywhere that you can listen to podcasts, Apple, Spotify. We're just really, really humbled. Been working on some t-shirt designs. Hopefully, those are going to be rolling out to you soon. In the process of putting the final touches on my book, I just got interviewed this week from a prestigious interviewer. I heard that was a really good interview. You know, it really was. I I, I enjoyed it. You you're going gonna, gonna to put that interview out on uh, our website or anything? As we get closer to the climax of releasing my book, yeah. I will. Excellent. I like it. <laughs> I like it. So, but we we want to thank you guys. Really, we very very generous. Thanks for liking all our memes and everything. We just appreciate it. And trying to rein myself in, I'm I'm going to be a little honest with you guys this time, as I always am. And you know, Jason, you're going to be honest this time, Bill. Well, I I, <laughs> I you know we're we're calling this episode eyes wide shut, and I'm just coming to a point where. All right, let me say this. It can be very frustrating to see how sold some people are on face value things right now instead of doing some research and finding out. However, as frustrating as it is, what we really need to say, Bill, is hats off to the propagandists who have pulled the wool over everyone's eyes. The reality is they have invested a lot of time and a lot of money over the last 50 years to be able to get to the point they're at now. And, you know, we got to look at what's going on. And the whole reason we do flawed cast is to give data 
so that people can make their own decisions, make their mind up for themselves based on factual data. And um, that's the part that gets frustrating is a lot of times we'll be debating or having conversation with folks who literally really don't have any data, you know, and, and some of them aren't fighting. They're just like, come on, is it really possible that? And you're like, uh, yeah, yeah, it is possible that. And the reason being is, Folks, this isn't science fiction, okay? This is nonfiction. In whatever history book you want to read, this is nonfiction what's going on here, folks. People want to talk about conspiracy, you know, all these conspiracy theorists now with all this going on. That's not conspiracy theorists. Again, it's nonfiction. It's happened. We're basing a lot of what we're saying. Once it's proven, it isn't a theory any longer. Right. But not only that, even the theory of it was based upon actual events in our past. Because of those events in the past that we've seen in Germany, in Russia, in all these other, you know, Italy, Korea, Korea Cambodia, so we, China, seen all this happen India, in the past. So the Sudan. That puts you know. a question mark in our head because what we all think is, well, it won't happen here in the U.S., that couldn't happen here in the U.S. And, and that's it. That's where it stops. So that couldn't happen here. Well, first of all, let me explain something. How old's our country, Bill? 243 years old. 243 years old, which is a spit in the bucket. We haven't been around for thousands of years with our, right. our republic. I mean, we're the new kids on the block in that's many right. regards. That's right. So think about it. We haven't had that many generations when you think of 246 years, and you know what I'm saying, it's not like we've been around for we don't have that the, long. We don't have the history, the lineage as maybe England or France or yeah, China. Anywhere in or, Europe or Asia, to be honest with you. Exactly. So this is the thing that I'm getting at with that is we look at those other countries and say, we could never be like that. We're the United States of America. That would never happen here. Yeah, it, it will happen anywhere. That's the whole thing. It's happened in a bunch of other places. And if you don't think that they said that will never happen here before it did, you're wrong. They thought the same thing. You know, it's not as if Adolf Hitler said, uh, you know, came on and said, hey, this is what we're going to do. And He didn't just say, hey, I'm going to be. <laughs> I'm going to be some gonna... murderer who's going to try to take over the world. Right. Um, it wasn't that at all. He, he did it based on promises of grandeur. Right. There's right? propaganda and order, manipulation. In order to t- right. do that grandeur, he had to have more and more and more power. That's how it worked. So he just kept taking more power and more power and more power and more power until he was all powerful in that country. And then he started taking it from other countries. And he was watching. And as he attacked one country, no one push back he said okay i'm gonna do another country i'm gonna do another country and if you don't think that's not what's happening right now folks you're insane that's what's happening right now we have people who are pushing us around as the american people because just like i just said that hitler did that with other countries first he did it inside of his country how much can he take before someone goes crazy on him right and he would he would just push 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 and take and take and take and take until he had so much of the pie there was no way to push back on them. And that's what's happening. We are being tested right now. Mm. and We're not tested. It's actually happening. We're being pushed, and we're not pushing back. And when I say push, I'm talking about our God-given rights and our right. constitutional rights. They're taking it away. You can't do those things. And listen, I understand the argument when COVID-19 and people are, are scared of the actual COVID-19 virus. And that's okay. It's obviously a real virus. There's no doubt about it. And people are really dying. 
But there's a lot of things out there that people are really dying from. We can't just pick one and say, well, this is happening, so we're going to shut down the world. You know, when you look at the numbers and stuff, it just doesn't add up. It's, it's being used as a tool. That's why people aren't getting tested. That's why some people are dying who have never been tested, and they're being marked COVID-19 death. Some people are being admitted that they have COVID-19 into the hospital because they're sick, and they've never got tested for it. So you don't know if they have it or not. And then there's a whole bunch of people. That just because assume what, they have it because well, they don't feel well, good. Well, there's a whole bunch of people who, who have it who aren't getting tested. I believe that it's way more widespread. That's the whole thing. I'm not saying there's less cases. I'm saying there's tons more cases. Sure. And what that's going to do is show you that it's not nearly as deadly as people is. And again, I'm not saying that I don't have compassion for human life. Of course I do. I want no one to die from it. And I think the folks that are it's very clear that there are certain people that are susceptible to this. And if you are, then you should take extra precautions. Just like I have a lot of friends and family who have had cancer throughout my life. And when you go through treatments in cancer, you have to isolate yourself in sterile, clean environments, and you can't have visitors around, stuff like that, because you could catch something else and get sick and die. Well, if you are highly susceptible, then you need to follow those things. But if you're not, you shouldn't have to shut your life down and, and your business down and your family down for that. Uh, again, it's, it should be a choice. It's And again, because, I, I get it. If this was the Black Plague where literally bodies are piling up in the streets, they're not. Okay. As a matter of fact, I just talked to a friend of mine, Lisa, and she was a nurse, and they've cut pay 20% in the hospital she worked in, laid people off. They don't have COVID patients there, and no one's coming to the hospital because everyone's terrified. Literally, its hospital system just got a $75 billion bailout. No one's talking about that. $75 billion. Why do we have to give hospital systems $75 billion? Because they're not overrun. They're laying workers off. I'm not saying there aren't hospitals that are packed with it, and I'm not saying there's not some crisis going on in New York City, okay? But think about it. Why is it only New York City? Think about Florida. More than half, I want to say, of Florida's population are susceptible to this disease in the high ranks, right? It's, it's got to be a, a good, good, a disproportionately good percentage yeah, Especially of in the winter, by the way, when this yeah, hit. Snowbirding. Same thing in Arizona. I just haven't seen it blow up in those places or anywhere else. Where is it blowing up? Outside of New York, outside Los of New York Angeles, City. New York City, Los Angeles, San Francisco, uh, Seattle, place like that. Yeah, a little bit, not like New York. Right. Well, like literally right. three quarters of all the deaths are in New York, of all of them in the United States. Like the whole thing is New York. And why? But I'm not saying just shut down New York. I'm just saying why. And you should ask why. Right. You shouldn't just say, oh, because it's New York. No, that's not a good reason. Why? Why there and not these other places? And I agree with you. And I think you and I last several episodes have been questioning these things. I know. I'm sorry. And I know no, I'm no, not no. even saying on top of you. I'm, I just get so, this is a hard time. I want to say this to people who are listening. And please know, Jason, I, I, I'm going to speak for you if, if you object. Oh, I'll let you know. We do have compassion. We we do things to help people with the abilities that we're able to. We want people to make wise and healthy decisions. We believe in preserving life. We've spoken many times about wanting to protect the sanctity of life, whether it be you know helping preserve the length of time that elderly people are here or whether it be preserving the life of the unborn. We believe in life. We believe in the absolute merit and the worthwhileness that Every person is a soul that has intrinsic value, not just to God, but to us. What I want to speak to is this. If at this moment you aren't questioning 
at this moment, if you aren't feeling that something's rotten in Denmark, then great. great. Then you know what? Thank you for listening to Flawcast. We'll talk to you next episode. Uh, Be safe out there. But if you are, this is my message to you. We're going to go through some, we got some scriptures, got some stories. If you aren't standing up for your civil liberties now, if you aren't taking possession and responsibilities that you are an adult, hopefully, that's listening to this, that's capable of making your own decisions for yourself, if you aren't speaking up, if you are not using the little freedoms that we still have, when things begin to crank up, you will not do it then. And I want to, real quick, when Bill says, think for yourself, make your own choices, again, if your choice is, well, I'm staying in my house, and I'm wearing a mask 24 hours a day. I'm just I'm going far to the extreme. Yeah, absolutely. That's Do that. Absolutely your choice. And we have no problem with that. However, what, what we're trying to say is it's okay for people to make another choice as well. Whatever your choice is, it's your choice. Right. So here, and this is where I think we're going to be coming from. We're talking about eyes wide shut, right? I want to tell people we value our freedom. We value our liberties. Well, and we we do. And you know what's crazy is there's so many people who don't even realize what that is. Exactly. I want to say to, and I'm trying to trying to rail myself in, trying to calm down. But our message in this episode, if you aren't paying attention now and speaking up, when you see something that isn't right, if you aren't questioning, if you aren't calling some authority figure, quote unquote authority figure out, and it doesn't jive with you, you're acquiescing. And that's okay. Listen, that's your decision. Nope. I'm not telling you how to think. But what I'm saying is for me, for us, we're trying to speak now. We're trying to engage in intelligent conversation and discourse that there are anomalies that need to be discussed, and I am not going to give up my liberty. And we're going to get into this here in a moment, but I'm not going to cower in fear, and I'm going to speak up now because there is a time that I'm afraid may be coming that we will not have the opportunity to. And I want to add something else in there. You talked about questioning authority. Listen, I get it, right? We watch different television stations, listen to news reports, read articles, all this sort of stuff, right? We want to gather data. All I'm saying is this, just because one person says something, no matter what that thing is, except for like my parents when I was a kid, I knew for sure that my parents had my best interest at heart. And I still question them all the time, right? When I was a kid, especially. But listen, as far as politicians go, as far as doctors go, as far as all those folks go, right? Just because someone says it doesn't make it gospel. What you have to do is if you have a point that you're like, well, this is a, this is what I think. This guy said this, and that that makes good sense. Then I ask you, please read more about it. Find out more about Not it. Not just and, more and about it, the, but the person. The person, but I'm saying also find out someone who opposes that person and hear what they're saying about it. Yeah. So you can hear what the opposition says, because a lot of times you can tell based on how the opposition talks who's full of shit, right? <laughs> how many more people support that? How many people don't support that? Right. Why? What are their feelings behind it, right? Really look at it so that you can say, don't just say, oh, Anthony said this and he's on TV, so I don't care what anyone else says. I don't have to read anything else. This is how it is. Folks, I'm telling you, don't trust like that. You are not on that person's agenda uh, as far as them trying to make sure that you're taken care of. I, I don't care. Look at the politics over the years, folks. Are you telling me politicians give a shit about us? For the most part, they don't. They care about getting reelected. They care about, they care about us about when their pockets they care money. about us at, during election That's season. Right. 
that's it. Outside of that, they are self-servant to the their own That's ends. right. So don't just take what people say for face right. value. That's what we're trying to get at. We're not saying don't have your own view. Have whatever view you want. Yeah. But don't. Don't piss like, in my Wheaties question, because I differ from you. That, and that's what Bill's saying. Question it. Question what right. they're saying. Don't don't just take and say, oh, this is what I heard on, I don't care if it's Fox. I don't care if it's CNN. I don't care if it's NBC, ABC, CBS. I don't care. I'm not picking one over the other. There's It's all bullshit as far as I'm concerned. But look into it. Read some articles. Get online. Do some research. I mean, we all got the time right now. And trust me, they're out there. All sorts of ways to find out really yeah. what's happening and um, be able to make an opinion. That, and that's what I mean by question. Don't just say, oh, well, this is what the government says, so this is what we should do. That is how Germany ended up Nazi Germany. Right. That's how it happened. And it didn't happen overnight. It wasn't like this. It didn't happen like right. that. It was a process. And if you don't think this is kind of how that process started, you're lying to yourself. Look so, into that as well. So swine flu, H1N1, bird flu. I mean, come on, just think about it. But one of our last episodes, just think about it. I'm going to kick this off with a quote I've really been thinking about. And I know we've talked about this in other episodes, but this has just come really back to me this week. And this is Patrick Henry. And he says, is life so dear or peace so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery? Forbid it, almighty God. And here it is. This is my declaration. I echo through the time and chasm of history with Patrick Henry. I know not what course others may take, but as for me, give me liberty or give me death. If we don't have our liberties, we'd have nothing. You know how many people have died for those liberties? What? To make sure that... We, right now in 2020, have a free democratic republic. I mean, so many people have given up their lives, and we're just willing to turn our back on what has been earned for us by our fellow Americans. That segues nicely. Why don't you just do this? If you cared about people, you would do It doesn't matter. We're going to—I want you to read this next portion, and we're going to get into a, a little bit of this. Now, this is a story of David and Goliath. A lot of people know this story. Where I'm coming at right now is I'm feeling like in many regards, like if you, I will use the term patriots, if you will. Patriots are looking at a veritable Goliath. There are some no, uh, nuances and there's some things in here that as Jason reads, I'm, I'm going to probably stop he's and, gonna, and point. He's going to cut me off. I will because I, it's going to be fresh and I want to be able to interject. But there's more notions in here than just a, a little guy who took out a, a giant with a, some rocks. And there, you, we're going to get into this because these are important things I want to hit on. Is life so dear or peace so sweet as to be purchased by the price of chains and slavery. Let that echo in your heart and mind as Jason begins to read this. All right, 1 Samuel 17. A champion named Goliath, who was from Gath, came out of the Philistine camp. His height was six cubits and a span. He had a bronze helmet and his head on his head and wore a coat of scale armor of bronze weighing 5,000 shekels. On his legs he wore bronze greaves and a bronze javelin was slung on his back. His spear shaft was like a weaver's rod and its iron point weighed 600 shekels. His shield bearer went ahead of him. Goliath stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, Why do you come out and line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine and are you not the servants of Saul? Choose a man and have him come down to me. If he is able to fight and kill me, we will become your subjects. But if I overcome him and kill him, you will become our subjects and serve us. Then the Philistines said, This day defy the armies of Israel. Give me a man and let us fight each other. On hearing the Philistines' word, Saul and the Israelites were dismayed and terrified. Okay, there's a lot going on there. So metaphorically, we have this foe, Goliath, and he's going to stand in for some things today. So moving forward, if we're talking about anything that's oppressive, we'll, I will refer to it as a Goliath. There's a lot of Goliaths right now 
that we're facing. And Goliath is intimidating. Just the size of this dude, I, I don't know how long a cubit is. I, I should research that, but I'm just thinking it's like a foot and a half or something. But so this dude was six cubits. Even by today's measures, a, a six foot guy is a pretty decent sized guy. He was a warrior, all this stuff. He's taunting these people. And he's he says, this day, I will defy the armies of Israel. Give me a man and let us fight each other. On hearing this, the Philistines words, Saul, King Saul, the, the Israelite king, and all his Israelites were dismayed and terrified. So you got this dude, he's like, I'm defiling, I'm speaking evil against you, your nation, your God. What are you going to do about it? There's this willful taunting. And this is the kind of stuff that just gets me going. So I just want to say that in the land right now, there are Goliaths. And they're saying, we are going to... What are you going to do about it? Yeah. You lose your livelihood and career. What are you going to do about it? Now, David was a son of an Aphrodite named Jesse, who is from Bethlehem in Judah. Jesse had eight sons, and in Saul's time, he was very old. Jesse's three oldest sons had followed Saul to the war. The firstborn was Eliab, the second Abinadab, and the third Shammah. David was the youngest. The three oldest followed Saul, but David went back and forth from Saul to tend his father's sheep in Bethlehem. For 40 days, the Philistine came forward every morning and evening and took his stand. Okay, so every day, Goliath is out there like, what's up? What are you going to do? What's up? For 40 days. Yeah, for 40 days. Just getting in the face. Day after day after day after day after day. What are you going to do? I am coming against you. I am defiling you. I you know, he's like, I fart in your general direction. What will you do about it? Uh, so go ahead there. All right. Now, Jesse said to his son, David, take this ephah of roasted grain and these 10 loaves of bread for your brothers and hurry to their camp. There was Saul and all the men of Israel in the Valley of Elah fighting against the Philistines. Israel and the Philistines were drawing up their lines facing each other. David left his things with the keeper of supplies, ran to the battle lines and asked his brothers how they are. As he was talking to them, Goliath, the Philistine champion, champion from Gath stepped out from his lines and shouted his usual defiance, and David heard it. Whenever the Israelites saw the man, they all fled from him in great fear. Now the Israelites had been saying, Do you see how this man keeps coming out? He comes out to defy Israel. The king will give great wealth to the man who kills him. He will also give him his daughter in marriage and will exempt his family from taxes in Israel. David asked the men standing near him, What will be done for the man who kills this Philistine and removes this disgrace from Israel? Who is the uncircumcised Philistine that he he should defy the armies of the living God. All right. So basically David is like, he's there and he's looking at what's going on and he's surveying, he's seeing the Goliath, he's seeing the Israelite army, he's seeing them cower in fear to this Goliath, to this man, to this thing in our metaphorical usage. And he's like, Wait, what? And I love how he says here, because, you know, at this point, David is kind of like a, a young man, angst-ridden, angry young man syndrome. And I love how he says, I feel like he's just so cocksure of himself, but kind of humble still yet. But he says, what will be done for the man who kills this Philistine and removes this disgrace from Israel? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? He's like, who is this POS? Right. Why are you cowering down to this thing? You know, am I, what, what the, what the hell is going on? <laughs> you know, I mean, that's how I'm interpreting that. So, yeah. So when Eliab, David's oldest brother, heard him speaking with the men, he burned with anger at him and asked, why have you come down here? And with whom did you leave those few sheep in the wilderness? I know how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is. 
You came down only to watch the battle. So his older brother's like, why aren't you caving into this fear? Because he himself is in fear. Right. And he's putting that fear off on David. And I'm seeing a lot of that. I've had a lot of people try to do that for me. Now what have I done, said David? Can I even speak? He then turned away to someone else and brought up the same matter. And the men answered him as before. What David said was overheard and reported to Saul. And Saul sent for him. David said to Saul, Let no one lose heart on account of the Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. Saul replied, You are not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You are only a young man, and he has been a warrior for, from his youth. But David said to Saul, Your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of the Philistine. Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord be with you. All right, so literally everyone's like, even the king, you're not you're not a warrior. And David's like, listen, I've done my research. I've done my due diligence. I've excelled in what I need to do. God has used me to protect these sheep. He's used me to keep them safe from bear and lion. And you look at me one way and you think I'm crazy because I'm not giving into this fear. But you don't understand. I have been tested. I have done my due diligence. And I'm here and I'm not bowing down. I'm not cowering in fear that even the king, even the leader was cowering in fear to that Goliath. And David's like, nah, <laughs> nah, I'm good. I'm not. I know who I am. I know what I know. I know the experiences I've had and, and what I've learned. This is no different than those opportunities I had in the past. All right. Then Saul dressed David in his own tunic. He put a coat of armor on him and a bronze helmet on his head. David fastened on his sword over the tunic and tried walking around because he was not used to them. I cannot go in these, he said to Saul, because I am not used to them. So he took them off. Then he took his staff in his hand chose five smooth stones from the stream, put them in the pouch of his shepherd's bag, and with his sling in his hand, approached the Philistine. So what Saul is like, okay, this is what I need to go to battle. This is what I need to prepare. This is what I, and I'm trying to put the, all my crap on you. Right. I'm putting all my crap on you, David. And David's like, no, I am going to remain true to who I am. I am going to utilize the skills and knowledge I possess that I've acquired, and I'm going to move forward in this, and I'm going to come out victoriously. Thank you for your concern. <laughs> That's what you need. Right. This is what I need. Once again, I'm seeing some, seeing some real life things playing out here in the story. Meanwhile, the Philistine, with his shield bearer in front of him, kept coming closer to David. He looked David over and saw that he was a little more than a boy, glowing with health and handsome, and he despised him. He said to David, Am I a dog that you come at me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Come here, he said, and I'll give your flesh to the birds and the wild animals. David said to the Philistine, You come against me with swords and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. This very day I will give the carcasses of Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's, 
and he will give all of you into our hands. As the Philistine moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet him. Reaching into his bag and taking out a stone, he slung it and struck the Philistine on the forehead. The stone sank into the forehead, and he fell face down on the ground. So David triumphed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone. Without a sword in his hand, he struck down the Philistine and killed him. David ran and stood over him. He took hold of the Philistine's sword and drew it from its sheath. After he killed him, he cut off his head with the sword. When the Philistines saw that their hero was dead, they turned and ran. Then the men of Israel and Judah surged forward with a shout and pursued the Philistines to the entrance of Gath and to the gates of Ekron. David's act of courage, his act of holy defiance, this quote-unquote untrained, unlearned boy, was able to inspire the king and the king's army through his simple act. Well, it wasn't simple, but through his act, saw through what that Goliath was. What I want to say is this. You do what you need to do. Protect yourself. But at the end of the day, I'm seeing a Goliath-type thing shouting and yelling and intimidating. And at some point, for everyone, you have to decide that. But at some point, we have to say, enough. Who is this that they are going to lord themselves, their will, their convictions over me? And that's not something I say lightly. And that's not something that I, I don't want that to be misconstrued. I'm talking about losing our freedoms, not preserving our health. They are two things. They're two separate things. And I believe it's possible to steward both. Well, you have to. can't go one way or the other. You have to have both. We're not going to stop death ever. Earthly death. It's, we're not going to stop that. We live and we die. Yeah, we want to do everything we can to prolong our earthly lives, to have better lives uh, while we're here. But we need to find that balance between our freedoms and what life expectancy is, for instance, right. I guess. Um, because there are some folks who think, man, we can do all this man-made stuff and help people live till they're 200 years old. Well, that shouldn't be forced on anybody. I also think it's a pipe dream. It might be a pipe dream, but I'm just saying it shouldn't be forced because there are many people who don't believe that. And, and why, as a government, should we be pushed against our wills in this country? Well, I think what you're saying, if I may, is that there's coming a time, and I, I want to say, not to be an alarmist, I think that time is upon us sooner than we care to think or believe, which is why the next quote that we have, to me, resonates in a very deep, very profound way. I think this quote will quantify everything that we're trying to say in this episode up to this point. And just to paint the picture, this is a quote from Captain America Civil War. Jason, if you could read what I just listen to what he's saying and let it let it hit you. Let it hit your heart because these are powerful words. Compromise where you can, but where you can't don't. Even if everyone is telling you that something wrong is something right, even if the whole world is telling you to move, it is your duty to plant yourself like a tree, to look them in the eye and say, no, you move. Listen, compromise where you can. Do that. Take those precautions. Be kind and gentle to those that don't have the same persuasion that you do. However, when you know in your heart that you are convicted of something. You have to plant yourself. And I love how it says right there that even if the whole world is telling you something wrong is something right, you plant yourself like a tree, look them in the eye, and say, no, you move. 
It's that moment that in my heart, I believe we are all going to be faced with. Whether you've come to that determination already or you're going to be rapidly approaching whatever that determination is. Where and what is that thing for you that you plant yourself and you say, no, you move. And I'm not calling people to violence. I'm not calling people to arms. That is not what this is. And I'm sorry if that's being misconstrued. What I'm saying is that this is about personal conviction. This is about preserving civil liberties and personal freedoms. This is about fighting the very, very possible threat of medical tyranny. And I'm understanding the severity of the words I'm using. Don't think I don't. Well, I'd like to read an article real quick. Please. Because I think this article is exactly what we just talked about. That quote talks about Dallas salon owner ordered to close after reopening against stay-at-home orders. This salon opened Friday morning disregarding state and city orders that non-essential businesses remain closed in response to the coronavirus epidemic. A Dallas hair salon owner was issued a citation after reopening her business, violating local and state executive orders to stay at home. Dallas County Judge Clay Jenkins also sent a cease and desist letter telling Shelly that she had to close her salon. She says she plans to remain open despite the citation and being ordered to close. Her salon in Dallas opened 9 a.m. on Friday. She had a crowd of people outside in support of her. There were security guards stationed at both doors to manage incoming outgoing guests. Each person was required to wear a face mask. Luther carried a thermometer and took the temperature of her customers. Less than an hour after the salon opened, Dallas police arrived. An officer said authorities had received multiple calls complaining that this gathering outside of the salon. Officers told the crowd to practice social distancing. They also spoke with Luther, the salon owner. Dallas police officers and Dallas Fire Rescue came and went several times throughout the morning until she was given a citation around 1. According to the city of Dallas, the fine can be anywhere between $50 and $2,000. It will be up to a judge to determine the fine. Luther told her supporters that she does not plan to pay any fines. She said she will ask her attorney, who she did not name, to handle the citation. In the afternoon, she was delivered a cease and desist letter from Dallas County Judge Clay Jenkins ordering her to shut down. The state remains under an executive order that closes all non-essential businesses and encourages residents to stay home until after April 30th. Governor Greg Abbott has loosened some restrictions allowing retail to go to begin Friday, but hair and nail salons have remained closed. Dallas County has extended its stay-at-home order until May 15th. Before reopening, she told WFAA that she's prepared to take on whatever it is that comes with reopening. The single mother said she has lost all three of her jobs, musician, makeup artist, and stylist, because of coronavirus closures. She said she chose to pay her lease on her business instead of her mortgage this month. I don't want to cause any problems, but when you're out of money, someone has to stand up and say that they're not helping us by not letting us work. Someone has to stand up and say that they're not helping us by not letting us work, Luther said. It's possible she could face more than the citation for reopening. There could be administrative sanctions or penalties issued by the Texas Department of Licensing and regulations based on the complaint. The enforcement of local and state executive order is left up to local law enforcement, a spokesperson for the licensing agency said. It won't matter if I have a license because I won't have a business. She said she plans to stay open despite the citation and welcome stylists who want to rent space at the salon. Boom. You should get the little applause thing. I, I can't even do that because I'm... I'm that hit, that's hitting my heart. I'm shaking right now because there are so many people who are being financially crushed decimated and i don't mean like oh they you know they gotta not have a nice car i'm talking about she had to choose if she was going to pay her lease at her business or pay her mortgage single mom three that's where she's at that's one person do you know how many millions bill we've had 33 million people file for unemployment let me ask you this the 
Hmm. I was going to say the totalitarians. Uh, the individuals who are placing these regulations upon individuals like her, have they lost their income? Yeah, right. Have they lost their means? Do they have to choose between paying their house note? Have they lost multiple jobs? And respectfully, there's a stench of hypocrisy for me that accompanies that very thing. Yeah, and I will say this. There are companies out there, my mom's company, I'm not going to name names, but the president of her company took a 30% pay reduction because other people had had take pay reductions in order for them to stay viable through all this. Yeah. Um, be able to pay their bills and stuff. But the president of the company stepped up and took a 30% cut, the biggest cut of everyone. Uh, everyone else, I think, had to take 20% cuts or something like that. Or at least executive team and you know the higher-ups that, that make big money so that they can continue to pay their workers who are the lifeblood of their company. Right. So there are some great things going on by some great executives and stuff like that. Absolutely. I don't want to take that away from what we're talking Absolutely. about. I want to make sure I mention that. Um, and I think hats off to those people that are doing that. But there are a lot of people. I know when I have discussions, there is a huge difference in the discussion I have and the open-mindedness of those who have not been impacted because of pay, who have a job, who get the same amount of pay. They don't feel like everyone else. With you, Bill, same thing. Almost nothing's changed in your life, for instance. Absolutely. I, I know that's not fair to say, but what no, I'm no, talking I, about with job and everything like I, that. No, you're, you're right. I, and, you know, and I, like I can't even begin that the individual, that the lady that you were speaking about, I can't begin to understand the pain and the hardship and the difficult decision she's making. And these aren't easy things. Again, I'm a, I've been a small business coach for a long time, almost two decades now. But let me tell you what kind of blood, sweat, tears, what kind of risks are involved in going into business for yourself. And uh, when you put that much into it, and that's your, it's not just how you make money. It's your, it's, it's like your baby. It's, it's part of you. It's it's your identity, largely it's, your identity. There's so much that went into that, and it's being taken from you. That's what's happening. It's being taken. You're not losing it because you're not willing to put the time in. You know, you're not losing it because you made a bad business decision. And it's not just about, oh, well, they'll go get another job. Folks, I don't know if you heard the stat I just told you. 33 million people have filed for unemployment in the last six weeks. 33 million million. What's our population here? About 330 million. So the 33 million are of our workers, right? So of that 300 plus million that you just said, that includes children and seniors, a lot of people that it's a huge number of people don't work. So it's, it's, not, a, just it's, a 10, it's not just 10% of our population basically just filed for unemployment, <laughs> it, but it's, it's like 10% it's like of the people that help pay taxes, 50% that, yeah. of our working people have just filed for unemployment. Think about that for a second, folks. Well, that, those are our real that, Don't look the, at the 10% number because the 10% is only of our actual population. Right. Look at what percentage 33 million is of the working population. And that's the real infrastructure in our country. Absolutely. And, and this is the thing. So we're paying out all this money to keep people not working, and we're not getting any taxes in to city, state, or federal. And there's these BS bailouts that are just greasing the palm of the politicians. They're greasing the palm of the mainstream media conglomerates. You know, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be extremely diligent in my purchases from now on to buy only things made in America, even if that means I have to pay more. Absolutely. I want you to read the last quote here, Jason, because I'm glad you shared that story about that lady. And I, God bless her. I hope her and everyone is safe that uh, works with her, that visits her. I think by the overwhelming response, 
in many regards, we see that people are starting to wake up to, or say to themselves, I will not be silent. And in that same spirit, this next quote, famous quote from a uh, Winston Churchill. I, I feel like that woman embodies not just what we just read from Captain America, but also from Winston Churchill here. All right. We shall go on to the end. We shall fight in France. We shall fight on the seas and oceans. We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall defend our island, whatever the cost may be. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall fight in the hills. We shall never surrender. We shall go to the end. We shall fight in France. <laughs> I can't do his voice, but... Yeah, nor could I. That's why I didn't right. try, buddy. Well, that's okay. I'm dumb enough to try it. But uh, <laughs> I'm believing that everyone that's listening is a brilliant, thoughtful, kind, generous individual that is 100% capable of making the best decisions for themselves, for their family. My concern, and it's been this way since all this has started, is the loss of our freedoms. It's the loss of our civil liberties. I'm sorry, but when a business is forced to close, when a single mother and her children are forced to decide, do we have the safety of a roof over our head or do I invest this money in myself and in my business? Can that continue to pay for the roof over our head? That in many regards, they are now considered criminals to a certain degree. If nothing else, thought criminals. Back not to be too Orwellian. And you the know, thing is this. And I'm not saying don't that Don't go lately. to the salon if you don't want to go. That's it. If you don't feel comfortable, then don't. I'm going to be quite honest with you. It's choice. But when you start taking choices away, that, again, I'm not talking choices of killing people or not killing people, okay? Uh, that's not what I'm talking about. I don't know. It's just how you can just say, you know what? We're just not doing this anymore. Just Let's just remove this. We're not doing that anymore. It's illegal now. I, I don't... I, I, how? How can you just do that? These are the difficult questions that we are being faced with in this hour of history. I, and I've been saying this for a long time now. I, I'm really struggling, really trying to, to not see what I'm seeing. <laughs> I re and, and listen, listen, listen. I, you know, before you came over, I was mowing the grass and I was just like, God, why? What is wrong with me? Why do I feel so angsty? Why, why am, are people, you know, uh, I've had many conversations the last couple of weeks like, why are you rebelling? Why are you going against this? You know what? I don't know. For me, it's not right. It's tyranny. I just can't. I, I have. I, well, I've said this before on the show. Thomas Jefferson, I've sworn upon the altar of God, eternal hostility against the f tyranny in the form of men, uh, against every form of tyranny against the hearts of men, I believe. I'm paraphrasing, but I see tyranny. I see gross manipulation and abuse of power. Well, I going, see. Yeah, going back to the quote, compromise where you can. Right. The reality is this we should be compromising here. There is. Definitely a virus that people are getting sick from. Without a doubt. And dying. Absolutely. But it, again, the numbers for sure now are being manipulated. That's fact. The fact is what you're hearing and, and listen, I'm gonna is say something not right. accurate. And it is put in a certain way in context, and they've even not tested on purpose so that they can talk in numbers that are fear-mongering, right. that, that scare you. And, you know, when I hear people say, well, it's not as great because people are staying at home. I, there's been a lot of people, come, scientists come out lately that have said that's not the case. Well, we know it's not the case if they would test because of the 300 plus million people in this country and how many cases have we had? 
I, I stopped watching. Well, I can tell you this. So we have a lot. But the last time I saw, is, the last time I saw my doctor, he said he believes upwards of sixty percent of Americans already well, had it, and that was three months ago. Right. So what I'm trying to say is this: based on everything that I've read and looked at now in the U.S. and these other countries, everything else, if I had to, you know, you ever look at like the gumball jar, and you got to guess how many gumballs are in a jar. Yeah, yeah. If I had to guess how many gumballs are in a jar, how many people have had or do have coronavirus in the United States? My guess is it's somewhere between five to ten times the number that they currently say, that they're currently reporting. And I would also look at a different gumball jar and say there's less gumballs in that jar of COVID deaths than what they're reporting. We know for sure that they're misreporting the deaths. We know for sure that they're misreporting positive cases that have never been tested. And we know for sure that there are, I'm going to say, millions of Americans that haven't been tested, that have had it or do have it, that are fine. Just like when I say fine, like they got sick and then they got better and everyone in their house didn't die and nothing else like that. Isn't there something called an immune system? There is. And it does what? Kills viruses. And doesn't the typical person have one? Not the typical Everyone does. Oh, excuse me. The exception doesn't. But listen, you know, getting back to the compromise piece, there's factual data that shows that these numbers are being manipulated. So they're doing that so that they can say, well, our compromise is this. Our compromises just can't go anywhere except for the places that we tell you. The compromise should be, if you want to stay home, stay home. If you want to wear a mask, wear a mask. That's totally your right. If you want to continue your way of life, continue your way of life. Yeah, you're going to be a little bit more smart about things, obviously. But there's no reason when we know what we know now about this virus, this is completely agenda-driven at this agenda-driven at this point. Please change my mind. I have looked. There are so many coincidences that everyone wants to keep writing off as conspiracy. No, it's not. There is way too much to um, dismiss. To dismiss. Way, way, way too much. It just doesn't add up, folks. I am 100% in support what you just said. And uh, let me just say this last thing, and then we'll just let everybody send me the lovely emails and messages that you do, and I love them to death. Uh, (laughs) A good character is the best tombstone. Those who loved you and were helped by you will remember you when forget-me-nots have withered. Carve your name on hearts, not on marble. Charles Spurgeon. Now why I say that is this. My heroes are men and women who have gotten in the arena. My heroes are the ones that put it on the line. They were not perfect, except Jesus. They messed up, they were flawed, but they got in that arena and they, at least in my heart, made a difference. Please, like we said, compromise where you can, but where you can't, don't. If you have an opportunity right now as we do and you aren't speaking up, if you aren't standing up for your rights, or, if, if you're at least not getting educated, like looking into it, at least just look into it. You don't have to say anything. I'm just saying when when and if the, I'll say it this way, because I'm saying this based on history. When the time comes when you have to fight, when you have to stand up, when you have to use your voice, I think it might be a little too late. It's typically how it works. I don't see any other course that history has has led people down. I want to thank you guys for listening. Agree, disagree, email us, info at flawedinc.com. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Parlor Gab, Flawed Inc., Flawed Inc. CLE, Flawedcast. Please subscribe on YouTube. Make sure you do. You hit that bell. Apple, Google, Breaker, Spotify. Uh, appreciate the love. Appreciate the support. Be safe. Late.